in my life growing up, I was taught the 40-40-40 plan, where essentially your, your whole goal in life was, you know, get really good grades in school so that you can get into a really good college, so then you can get really good grades in college, then graduate with a good degree, go out and find a great job to work for 40 hours a week for 40 years of your life, to then retire off 40% of your income, to then at that point, watch TV until you die. And that is what most of us are taught as we're growing up through life. And like, that's the plan. That's the path to success. And, you know, for me, I, I didn't want to follow this traditional path. And today, what I want to talk about is really that, that path that I was told to go down that, like yourself, most likely you were told to go down the same path. And, you know, how I pivoted and went a different direction, even at, you know, the criticism of teachers as I was going through school to then, you know, starting and, and creating some really successful companies over the years. Learning how to grow your business, that is your job. Being the one to do everything in your business, however, is not. Welcome to That's Not My Job, an introvert's guide to building a business beyond yourself. Now, one of the things that happened to me that really I believe is a, you know, a real pivotal moment for me just on, on belief systems. And, you know, I'm 28 years old right now at the time of this recording. But when I was 17 years old and, and in high school, you know, you're at an age of just being excited for, you know, the potential of, you know, graduating and like what your life's going to look like afterwards. And when when I was 17, I remember sitting in in, uh, in a teacher's class, I'll save her, her name for, from sharing it. But I remember sitting in class and I was I was sitting there, I finished up my assignment for the day. And so I had free time. And so I pulled out a book by Robert Kiyosaki. And it was either, you know, cash flow quadrant or, you know, rich dad, poor dad, one of the book, you know, great books that he's written. And so I'm sitting there reading this book. And, you know, my my teacher comes over and this was in a, you know, in an economics class. And she comes over and she's like, what are you, you know, what are you reading? Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm reading this book. I'm learning about, you know, becoming successful and like being able to learn how to make a lot of money and like become, you know, just become better. And, you know, she immediately starts trashing this book. She's like, oh, that that guy, you know, the only the only one making any money from those books is the guy who wrote it. You're wasting your time learning that. You should be just paying more attention in, in class. And so, you know, I obviously being the mature 17 year old that I was, I started arguing with her, basically just saying, you know, look, like for me, I'm my goal is to, you know, I want to have a business and I want to, you know, be a successful entrepreneur when I graduate. I want to make a lot of money. And so, you know, she was very snarky in her response of like, oh, you know, if you're going to make a lot of money, you make sure that you go to college so you can get an accounting degree to manage all of this money that you're going to make. And, you know, this kind of became a, uh, a me versus her environment in the group of everyone in, in the class. And, you know, really just got to a point where she was just dogging on, you know, entrepreneurship and how it's too risky. You can't succeed with it. How, you know, any anyone that writes self-help books is basically a snake oil salesman just trying to take advantage of people. So very good lessons from, you know, a teacher that's supposed to be guiding, encouraging and helping the youth become the best versions of themselves, right? So having that experience, I actually, you know, got into it to the point where, you know, had some choice words that I shared back with her and basically left campus. I literally left the classroom because I wasn't going to deal with that trauma and the criticism towards what I believe to be true. 
for the future that I wanted to create for myself. And I literally left the classroom, just dipped out, walked out, didn't didn't do anything else, got in my car and went home. <laughs> and, you know, that that is something that has stuck with me over the years of like, wow, like, you know, we are so indoctrinated into this system, you know, from early childhood, if you're, you know, if you're involved in the traditional education system of anything outside of the path of going to school and going to college, you are wrong, you're an idiot, and you will not be successful, you are going to be broke and poor and have a bad life. That was essentially the thought process that goes to, you know, was going through the teacher's head. And so for me, you know, one of the things that I've realized now over the years is like, I take a look back at that. And and what I look at is, you know, that is just one of many people that, you know, was doubting me and criticizing, you know, for what I wanted to achieve. And so really, the you know, the lesson here is when when you have somebody like that, you know, when you go share your dream with people, you're going to have people that want to kill your dream. You know, you tell them you want to start a business or you're right now you're running a business and it's hard. Guess what? Business is hard, right? You're running a business or you're wanting to start a business and you start telling people about your dream of what you want to create. And oftentimes, you know, whether it's them just portraying their insecurities or whether they just don't want to see you more successful than them, which is even more sad, they'll, you know, typically give you all of the reasons why something won't work, why it can't work, why you can't be successful. And so one of the things that I've realized over the years and, you know, just becoming more interworked in in the personal development world and and building successful companies is really what you have to do is audit who you listen to. And part of that is this, for example, right? Say, for example, I want to get in great shape. I am not going to go listen to somebody that is morbidly obese. Why? Well, they're not, their fruit does not show the result of the root. The root of their foundation of the actions that they're taking is, has not equated to the fruit that I'm trying to duplicate into my life. And so that is, you know, the, the same thing in all areas. You know, would you go ask someone for marriage advice that's been divorced five times? Maybe not. Would you ask someone how to become a millionaire that is broke? Like this teacher, for example. Probably not a good idea, right? So, you know, that that's one of the, the first lessons, you know, that you have to learn as you're, you know, getting into this world of business and entrepreneurship and, and wanting to grow yourself is like understanding and auditing who you're listening to so that you don't let people steal your dream. Now, I realize everyone is going to be on a different path and, you know, everyone has different passions of what they're going to do in the business world. Everyone has different skills and talent, right? And so for me, when I was 17, my, my first entry into the business world or, you know, entrepreneurial type venture was actually network marketing. You know, I, I started in a health and wellness network marketing company. They sold healthy energy drinks and, you know, vitamin supplements and things like that. And for me as a 17-year-old kid, I'm like, wanted to make a lot of money. I didn't really know what the right path was going to be. And so I got introduced to this concept. And I'm like, wow, like I, I can go and make a lot of money with this. And so that was my initial path out of, you know, breaking away from the traditional path of like, go to school, go to college, get a job. So I started in this network marketing business and, you know, really, you know, fast forward and kind of like summarizing this up, it's been about four years building within this company you know, built it to the point where I had over 2000 people in my organization that I was that I was leading. And within that, you know, was generating over $3 million a year in sales revenue for this company. And I did that, you know, 
within about a year and a half, two years into the company, I was, you know, 18, 19 years old, kind of got it to the point where, you know, back in 2013, I spent, give or take around six months in Europe, Norway, Sweden, speaking at conferences and conventions in Vienna, Austria, spending some time in Sydney, Australia, Brisbane, Australia, and Auckland, New Zealand, building out teams through this company that, you know, I was essentially helping build up and, you know, build the teams and, you know, recruit more people and essentially just continue to increase the sales. Over this time, as I was building within this company, I was learning so many different lessons and, you know, personal development and speaking and and leadership skills. And there were just, there was plethora of lessons that I was learning while I was there. And, you know, one of the lessons that was the biggest ones was leverage and the power of delegating and the power of team building. And, you know, one of the things that I, that I realized is I built a team of over 2000 people that were selling products. And this wasn't possible because I went and got 2000 people recruited in to sell the, you know, sell this business and this product. Really, the reason that that was able to happen was I realized early on that I could only do so much on my own. So I would go out and recruit and like over those four years, I recruited, you know, a few dozen people that turned into thousands of people. And the reason that I was able to realize this was I would recruit people that, you know, were had higher influence, that were great at sales, that were great at, you know, being kind of a visionary, you know, expressive personality, very outgoing. And I would, you know, as an introvert myself, I was never great at going and, you know, being like the life of a party. But what I realized is I could delegate that out. I would find the people that were like the life of the party. I would find the people that had major influence. I would find the people that were great at selling and storytelling. And I essentially delegated the task of building the teams to those people by finding them, casting the vision of what's possible of us working together, and then them utilizing their influence and sales abilities to bring in new customers, bring in new individuals into the company. While I essentially was supporting from the back end with training and and different things like that. And that's how I was able to achieve, you know, such a large amount of growth so fast is, again, realizing I couldn't do it all on my own. And especially realizing my personality as an introvert, I'm not the person that's running out and, you know, shaking the hands and kissing babies and doing all of that. I was fine to speak on stage and train and, and on all of those things. But I had to realize that if I wanted to grow the business to the point that I wanted to and make the income I wanted, it wasn't going to be able to depend all on me. I had to build a great team. And so um, I realized that that is, you know, where my best use of time was, was finding those caliber level of people and getting them into the business. And so the point here really comes down to, you know, regardless of the business that you're building right now, you have to be taking you know, taking action on where you're spending your time and in taking action by auditing where you're spending your time. You know, are you spending your time doing, you know, maybe five or 10 or $15 an hour tasks in your business? Or are you doing those high paid activities that are going to produce you the most amount of money possible? You know, for example, doing basic administrative work in your business Typically not a high paid activity, but you may be selling a new client or signing a contract on a new deal with maybe a homeowner or seller or whatever your business is, is probably where the money is actually being made or, you know, building big strategic new relationships that are going to increase your company's revenue. Those are the areas where you get the highest return on the investment of your time 
And so that is what I realized, you know, within building and in that, you know, network marketing company years ago was the way for me to make the most money is to lean in one on the things that I'm great at. And then two, identify people that are talented at the other things that are important and must be done, but are better done by them because of their natural God-given, you know, talent, skills, and abilities. And that is how I was able to build. And that's how you as a business owner can continue to scale whatever business you have, or when you start your business of how you actually are going to scale it is by going all in on the things that you're great at, and then being able to pass off those things that, you know, can be done by other people to help give your business lift. So at this point in my life, you know, I'm 21 years old, everything's great, making a bunch of money with that company. Everything is amazing. Like there's nothing I really could complain about at this point. Until, unfortunately, some, you know, something that happened is the, the company discontinued the model of network marketing that existed. So I was used to, you know, getting paid, you know, literally every single week, I was getting a direct deposit of anywhere from, you know, 1800 bucks to $3,000 in my account every Thursday, like clockwork. And as, you know, between the ages of 18 and 21, that amount of money, especially back in 2013, was like a gazillion dollars to me. And so, you know, naturally I did what any responsible 21-year-old would do. And I spent all of the money on designer things, cars, you know, high-end vacations, and all of the things that you would expect a 21-year-old to be doing if they got their hands on money like that. So um, everything was great. And, you know, that money was coming in. And then one Thursday, I remember literally just looking at my bank account and I'm like, where's my deposit? There was no deposit. I reached out to the company asking, hey, maybe there's a, you know, maybe there's a lag. And then I found out there will be no more deposits. And when you've been living a lifestyle that requires all of that money every month to live, that is what we call a problem. So I basically spent, you know, the next uh, couple months unraveling my life where my whole entire world was tied up in, you know, making great money and building for this company to now it all going away. And now I had all of these expensive, you know, liabilities like, you know, a brand new Beamer, a Jeep and, you know, a almost 4,000 square foot home that as a 21 year old, I thought was a good idea to be living in. And just all of these, you know, bad financial decisions. And so Really, I had to sell both the cars, sell everything basically that I owned down to my mattress and move back at home with my parents. So that was a very, of course, you can say humbling experience, ego death at 21 for sure. And so I, you know, at that point had to make a pivot and understand like what what I was going to do next. And the next step for me was, well, I knew that people made a lot of money in real estate. So that was the natural next next step for me. And during that period, without going so much into detail, basically spent a few months in, you know, depression and why me and, you know, what was me like, you know, sad about everything that just happened. But again, in life, we get kicked and, you know, we get pushed down and things happen. And we have to, you know, we could either use that test and build it into a testimony, or we just have that test and it just, you know, kicks us down. And so for me, you know, I, I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to rebuild, I'm going to put things back together. And so getting into the real estate industry, you know, at 21, all of my friends were dead broke. I mean, come on, all your friends just graduating college, most of them don't have any money to buy a property. So I had to, you know, hustle and grind and do all of the things to actually generate and drum up business. And I did that very well for, you know, for a couple of years. I was, you know, making six figures, 
you know, pretty much immediately after getting into the business and not because I had some special God-given talent, not great at sales, not great at, uh, you know, negotiations or anything like that. I, I didn't have any of those skill sets. But what I did have was I was a grinder. Like I would just do the grunt work. I would hammer out all of the cold calls every day for two years. All I did Monday through Friday was cold calling, appointment setting for myself to get deals done and open houses every weekend. And so that is the reason that that was able to happen. And but here's the thing is I realized and and like, you know, maybe you're thinking this to yourself, you're doing everything in your business, you maybe you're making some money or making some good money. But you realize for you to create the lifestyle that you actually want, something has to change. And so for me, building this business that was all centric around me doing all of the things, if Cody wasn't doing the thing, nothing was happening. And so I realized if I wanted to scale and, you know, get, you know, more financial freedom and and more importantly too, time freedom to be able to do more of the things I wanted to do, I had to do something different. And so I started the process, you know, when I was about 23 years old. I'm like, you know, I need to get some help doing this. And so I, I started doing, you know, more more of the real estate investing world versus just working as an agent with clients. And, you know, so I, I started the process, you know, not knowing exactly how to do it, but figured it out along the way where I hired some virtual assistants to help me with some of the cold calling that I was making, to help me with the lead management that I needed to do to, you know, get deals done and help me with my administrative tasks that would bog me down every single day as I was, you know, working through my day. And so, you know, that was kind of the catalyst was I got some virtual assistants in my business that really helped me, you know, start making a difference and compressing time frames because it wasn't just me working 50, 60, 70 hours a week anymore. It was me plus multiple other virtual assistants that were working 40 hours a week. So I had, you know, a collective almost 200 hours, you know, plus a week of work that was getting done, pushing me closer towards the dreams and goals that I was trying to accomplish. And so, you know, fast forward, you know, I'm, I'm 28 now, that was, you know, about five years ago, you know, taken that to the next level and, you know, now have a little over $20 million in real estate properties here in Arizona that I own, you know, in my portfolio of a few different companies right now, you know, in 2023, we're projected and on track right now to do $39 million in revenue between the companies, have around 40 US-based W-2 team members and over 500 people in the Philippines supporting either our companies or other clients that we, we help them with their scaling their business with virtual assistance. And so obviously, you know, over five years, a lot of things can happen and a lot of things can change. And so, but because of that, like the thing that made the difference was I realized 21 to 23, if I just kept doing all of the things, nothing was going to change for me. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And so I had to do something different to get something different, which was start building teams and delegating and getting getting people to help me build the things that I wanted to create. And so, you know, over this, you know, entire, you know, uh, existence of, of this podcast, you know, we're going to be talking about everything around building teams, hiring, you know, training, onboarding, operations, systems, doing all of this successfully as an introvert, to be able to show the lessons and, and, and the things that I learned along the way over these years to build the companies to where they are today and to create the same, you know, success that I've been able to create. 
And it's really, these are all blueprints. They're all frameworks and blueprints that if applied correctly, will be able to create success for you as well. And from this episode, my one main piece of advice, because there's a lot of different things I could say, hey, go do this. But my one main piece of advice from this episode for you is that you need to audit your time. Look at where are you spending your time and what are the things that you're doing in your business today that provide the most amount of money for you? You know, is it is it closing, the, you know, getting contracts signed for whatever business you're in to close that deal to increase your revenue? Is it, you know, creating new strategic relationships to bring in new business to your business? Those are typically some of the things that are going to be higher dollar generating versus, you know, you spending time doing like your own bookkeeping or you spending time doing basic administrative tasks that are just below your pay grade you know, for you to be able to be successfully, you know, elevating and growing and becoming, you know, more and more financially free. So taking a look at, you know, where are you spending your time on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly basis? And how can you start relinquishing some of those things that aren't as good of uses of your time so that you can hone in on the things that are the highest dollar generating things so that you can make more money and at the same time, be more efficient with the time that you're spending doing those things. So with that, make sure to take that action. Looking forward to seeing you in the next episode. To access resources from the show, be sure to visit connectwithcody.com. Additionally, connect with me on all social platforms to stay updated on the latest information and resources.